Good morning. It is a wonderful day, and I'm so thankful to see everyone here. If you are visiting with us, please get um, go to the back and fill out a visitor card and get a visitor bag gift that we have for you. Um, and it's great to have you. If you're online, thank you for joining with us today. And I'll have just a few announcements before we get started in our worship time. There, this is not in the bulletin, but ladies, please remember that Wednesday at 1030 is our coffee, cake, and Christ time. So please come out. It's a wonderful time to fellowship and socialize and spend time in Scripture together. Today at 5 o'clock is the Kids Ministry Volunteer Meeting. So if you help in any way in nursery, children's church, Sunday school, mission groups with our kids, or if you don't and you would like to hear about it to get involved with helping with the kids, showing up does not mean I will make you lead a Sunday school class. So, but the Lord may lead you to. <laughs> so please come and join us in this meeting before church tonight in the Hope Center. Um, one quick reminder, there are three retreats going on on the same weekend in November. It's, the men's is in here, the man camp. That retreat sign-up is out here, and also our youth is splitting up into two groups that same weekend and doing a girls' retreat and a guys' retreat. Um, so please sign up if you're interested in having your youth, or if you are a man, if you are interested in going on this, please sign up as soon as possible out here. All right, and let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Our amazing Heavenly Father, Master of the universe, creator of all things, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, we come to you this morning in, in adoration, in praise, and we just thank you, Lord, for who you are and who you are to us and what you've done since the beginning, all the things that you've done in the middle, now, and the things to come, Lord, the things that we know are still to come. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us all here today. Whether we're visiting or members or, or members that have been gone and are back now, wherever we're at, Lord, whatever we're leaving behind us at home, outside of this church, whatever we're coming from, Lord, I just thank you that you brought us here so that we can worship together. What a blessing it is to have other believers around us. I pray, Lord, that you use this time for us, that, that we use this time. I pray that each of us uses this time to go closer to you, to build our relationship stronger, to, to set a plan for this coming week, a plan to, to spend more time with you and let everything with you be more, Lord, more time in prayer with you, more time in Scripture with you, more time speaking your name to others, more time discussing your wonders and your and your words over the dinner table, more times speaking your name in the car. I pray that this is the time that we can focus on you so that we can set that plan through whatever we're learning, the worship that we're experiencing, and that we give you all praise and glory for that. You are magnificent, and we are nothing, Lord, without you. I give you this time of worship so that it will honor you, Lord. Let us bring a smile to your face through our words and our actions. In your holy name we pray, Jesus. Amen.
Get your toes stomping on it. Amen. Well, we sang that song. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me ask you, have you told anybody about your Jesus lately? It's good to sing about it, but we have to ask the question, have we really told anybody about the Jesus that we love, the Jesus that we know, the Jesus that has changed our life? He can change theirs too if they hear have we told them? Amen? I pray that this week that song will resonate in your heart and in your mind. <clears throat> you're 
keep, keep, keeps it in your heart and on your lips this week. And when opportunities arise, we will be able to tell other people about our Jesus. Last week we had a, a, a church-wide family gathering down at, uh, down at the river, uh, up in Kayser and uh, uh, on Broad River there. And I'm going to tell you what, we had a great time. If you didn't come, if you weren't there, you missed a blessing. You missed a treat, like I say all the time. You got to be here to be blessed, okay? And so if you missed it, I, we'll, we'll have another one. Make sure you get there. We did have a great time. <clears throat> the kids had a blast. Uh, some of them went to, well, some adults went tubing too. But they went down the river tubing and they got out and they just had a, a blast playing in, the, playing in the water, throwing the rocks. Um, they were throwing rocks in the water, out of the water. They were skipping the waters. They were just throwing them up and letting them drop, you know. But they all had a good time. And, 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 you know, we tend to forget how entertaining just throwing rocks can be. Just the simple things in life. You know, just to find that perfect little rock you think and see how many times you can make it skip across the, the water. Because I think everybody in here has tried that before, haven't they? <laughs> it's a fun time. We're going to talk a, a little bit this morning about rocks and throwing rocks and throwing stones at people. And, and you know, even today we get caught up in, the, in, the th in throwing verbal and judgmental rocks at other people. We throw stones of hurt and deceit sometimes, don't we? The story this morning comes out of John chapter 8. <clears throat> It's about a woman that was embarrassed. Have you ever been embarrassed? <laughs> okay. At, at, at our youth camp that we, I went on the youth trip with the, the youth camp several weeks ago, and, and the first day out on the mission that we were working at, we were kind of working on the side of a hill, and <clears throat> we had, were just getting started good, just trying to get our, our wits about us, and and, and we were rebuilding some steps up the side of this hill, and, and just so happened, I, I stepped back, and I stepped on a rock. And from there, I began to tumble backwards down this little hill, and when I landed, I landed on a two-by-six. <laughs> and, and, and it was pretty difficult to sit down the rest of the time there at youth camp. It was... Uh, uh, a trying time, you might say. But that was kind of embarrassing, you know, because I was there leading the guys. It was just the guys up there for the most part, and here there, this leader just goes tumbling down the hill, you know. No, they all didn't follow my lead there. That was a good thing. But we've all been embarrassed, haven't we? We've embarrassed ourselves, and we've had other people embarrass us before, haven't we? Sure we have. We all have. Um but hopefully not been humiliated. Maybe not been humiliated. The, the woman we find in, this, in our text this morning in, in John chapter 8 had such an experience. She had been caught in adultery, and, and so how embarrassing was that to begin with? But unfortunately, her embarrassing moment was more than embarrassing. It was downright humiliating. She was taken out and and paraded around in front of everyone for everyone to see and to know what she had done and what she was involved in. And her sin was made known to everybody. They knew what she was up to. 
They knew her, her secret. They probably dragged her out in the night in, in just her nightgown and nothing else. Probably. She, she was taken by force into the, into the public square and humiliated by her sin. She was separated by, by anybody that could protect her or, or serve, serve cover for her. She was judged and sentenced to death with a trial by a bunch of self-righteous leaders. And then on top of that, she was placed before the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who is nothing but pure holiness. And there she stood before the King of kings. And so this woman went from a moment of, of private passion to public humiliation in just a matter of a few minutes. Imagine being in her shoes. Imagine being paraded through the streets for your sin. See, I don't, I don't know your sin. You don't know my sin. But we all have it, don't we? But, but what if we were to take each one of us and and make known to everybody what our sinful thoughts, deeds, and actions were, and told everybody and had them parade across the front one by one. How terrible would that be? And so imagine, this is what this woman was facing in her life. It was, it was more than just embarrassing. It was downright humiliating. Amen. And like so many of us, this woman probably didn't think her sin would be found out. When people sin, we try to cover it up, don't we? We, we, we? we try to hide it. We do it in secret, behind closed doors. We, we do it in a whisper or, or out of sight. After all, our sin brings us shame when it's found out, doesn't it? Oh, we might think our, our sins are covered up. We think we've, we've covered our tracks or we've gotten rid of the evidence and that it's not going to be seen by anyone. But folks, our past can't be hidden from God. Our sins will be known. <coughs> the Word always gets out. We used to tell our kids as they were growing up, we might not find out now, but we'll find out. Somebody will talk. Somebody will slip up. And, and, and we'll find out. And we're reminded in, in Numbers chapter 32, verse 23. The last part of that verse says, Be sure your sin will find you out. Be sure your sin will find you out. Or be sure your sin will catch up with you. God sees and knows everything we do. Our sin is known by God. In this story, Jesus is he's at the temple and he's, he's teaching. And as you know, his, his passion is people. His passion is the lives of people. He came to seek and to save those who were lost. And so he came into this world to, 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 to bring people into the kingdom of God. Regardless of who they were, regardless of the sin, regardless of their circumstances or situations in life, Jesus came to seek and to save. Because we're all sinners. Hell bound without the grace of God. The Pharisees they had, and the teachers of the law, they, they had gathered around and they were trying to, 
to, to back Jesus into a corner with his own teaching. They, and they pose a question that would have meant death to the woman or the end of the Mosaic law. And so the, the trap was now set. Now turn with me, if you, if you will, to John chapter 8, beginning in verse 2. <clears throat> and following, we hear the story and how it plays out. It says, At dawn he appeared again, Jesus. At dawn Jesus appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such woman. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to, to have a basis for accusing Jesus. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. And Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Mm. Remember, she was caught in the act. We have to wonder how she was caught in the act. Who led them to the to what was going on. How did they know it was happening? But nevertheless, she was caught in the act, and so there was no excuses, no lies. She was caught red-handed. And so the Jewish law of the day was that both parties that were caught in adultery were to be stoned. But only one was brought to judgment. And so by that, they had already broken the Roman law by, by not bringing both parties to trial. It was a trap. It was a trap, and the Pharisees now had Jesus trapped, so they thought. There was no right answer, unless you're Jesus. And the same is true in our life. The same is true in our life. When there seems to be no right answer, Jesus has the answer. Amen. You see, at the core of this incredible story, it's what happens when a sinner is placed at the feet of Jesus Christ, at the throne of heaven. This is the place where, where every person who calls themselves a Christian, who calls themselves a believer of Christ, has been and needs to go there often in confession and repentance. It's also the place where every person must go in order to experience the incredible promise of eternal life. In this text, <clears throat> John clearly identifies two different voices. Two different voices that still come into the situations in our life. The critics and Christ. The voice of the critics, they condemn and criticize, destroy, mock, and humiliate. 
Oh, but the voice of Christ. The voice of Christ offers grace and forgiveness, redemption and love. That's what this woman experienced here. She experienced them both, but, but she heard the voice of Christ in the end. And so too in our life, we might hear the voices of, of the critics of the world. But we have to have ears to hear the Lord Jesus. In John chapter 8, verse 7, it says, When they kept on questioning, when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. <clears throat> Jesus' words here were meant to remind the people of the seriousness of the charges they were bringing. And also the fact that our motivations matter. He's saying, before you pick up that stone, before you begin to throw that stone, you need to look in the mirror. You need to take a good hard look in the mirror into your own life, into your own heart, and see what's going on there. And make sure you're morally qualified to put this person to death. If not, then put the stone down. You see, their intention was not to bring justice. Their intention was to trap Jesus. And so likewise, before we begin to, to accuse someone or, or make judgment or gossip about somebody, we need to look in the mirror. We need to look in the mirror. We need to take the plank out of our own eye because there's a really good chance there's one in there. Examine our our own heart, and our own lives. When we look at this response that Jesus had, Jesus didn't excuse her sin, nor did He uh, negate the law. But notice too that He didn't prevent anybody from leaving. He didn't command them to drop their stones and leave. No, He asked them to reflect on their own life. To look into their own heart. And so they looked in the, and they saw that plank in their eye. They saw the, the immoral act in their hearts. And they dropped the stones and left. You see, in that story, we find a, a glimpse into the nature of God and we see that, that Jesus is a merciful Savior. Amen. Yes, the, the woman was guilty. Guilty for sure. She was, again, she was caught in the act. She probably had a bad reputation. There was no hiding or failure. There was, there was too many witnesses to get, her, to get out of that. She was caught. She was defenseless. But she also knew that, that being caught in that act, being caught in that sin also meant death for her. Amen. It was supposed to meant death for both parties, but since she was the only one brought to trial, she knew that her actions would result in her death. You see, all sin, every sin has a price. Oh, but you probably don't want to know the cost. That, that, the price of, of stealing something or taking something that's not yours, telling a story, telling a lie, coveting, worshiping other gods, making idols, Lusting, an adulterous relationship. Amen. You see, the wages of our sin, just one of those, is eternal death. 
Just one of those is eternal death. But God knew, Jesus knew that, that none of us are righteous. Nobody but Him. Nobody can stand up to the, to the measure of His perfection. Nobody can stand up to His expectation of perfection. But Jesus is merciful and Jesus died on the cross so that our sinfulness can be forgiven. So that we can have that hope of eternal life. And notice in this story, at the end of the story, it's just Jesus and the woman. Her penalty was death by stoning. Jesus didn't say, go over there and let me start stoning you. No. Jesus didn't cast a stone at her. Sure, He was justified, but He wanted something else. He He wanted transformation from her. And folks, He wants transformation for us. Into our old life, to a new life, into the ways of the world, into the ways of the kingdom of God. Living for the world versus living for Him. He wants us to be transformed into His likeness. Look at verse 9. I want you to notice something there. It says, At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older one first until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. All the accusers had disappeared. They all left under their own conviction and shame. Again, it's just Jesus and the woman standing there. She's face to face with the Lord Almighty. Facing Him with her sin. Folks, our life is no different. Our life is no different. We have to face the Lord Jesus Christ with our sin as well. Because we've all been caught red-handed in our sin. Now it's just us and Jesus. It's just you and Jesus. And when Jesus calls to our heart, it's just us and Him. No one else. Everybody else is gone. Your family, your friends, your spouse, your children, your grandparents, they're all gone. It's just you and Him. What others think or others' opinions, it doesn't matter. For Christ knows our heart, He knows our motive, and He knows our sin. And folks, the beauty of this story is that the woman was free to go. She, was, she had a death sentence. And Jesus allowed her to go. The essence of the story is that Jesus set her free and He sets us free as well. He released her from the bondage of sin. He releases us from the bondage of sin because He paid our sin debt in full. Our chains are gone, praise God, because of the blood of Jesus on the cross. And this woman, this woman's life takes a 180 degree change It turns it around after meeting Jesus. My friend, your life can change as well. It can turn around 180 degrees as well when you come face to face with Jesus, when you allow Him to take control of your life. And just as this adulterous woman, Jesus leaves us with a simple instruction. Go and sin no more. In verse 11, He says, Go now, and leave your life of sin. 
Let me ask you this morning, what is it in your life that you're dealing with? What's the sin in your life that, 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 that has you that you can't get rid of, that you're having difficulty shunning? Come and let the Lord Jesus release you from that. With tenderness in His voice, Jesus says, Go and sin no more. You see, He refused to, to label her as an adulteress. Rather, He tore it off and said, You're free to live a new life, a different life than before. Amen. Praise God for that. Let me ask you this morning, are you looking for a way out of your sin? You see, Jesus <clears throat> met her in the midst of her embarrassment, in the midst of her humiliation, in the midst of her guilt and shame. And He didn't require her to get cleaned up. He didn't require her to, to get right. He didn't re re require her to, to, to fix everything in her life before He would forgive her. He didn't make her prove herself to Him. By the grace of God, He forgave her. Folks, Jesus meets us right where we are in life. He loves us just where we are, but He doesn't want us to stay where we are. Amen. Amen. Praise God. He wants us to surrender our hearts and lives to Him, and He wants us to be transformed into a new creation, into the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe this morning, maybe you can identify this woman. Uh, maybe you feel condemned of, of your sinfulness. Folks, Jesus is here to restore you. Or maybe you're here, maybe you're one here that has a, a fault finding and a, and a critical spirit towards other people. And you want God to deliver you from that. He will give you a new start. He will give you a new heart. When we think about our words, when we think about our conversations with people, is it one of mostly griping and criti uh, criticizing and, and humiliating and down speaking to others or one lifting other people up? If it's the former, maybe, maybe we need to spend time with God. My friend, on Judgment Day, it will all be revealed. The judgment day will reveal it all, and on that day, all of our sins will be revealed. That's a scary thought, isn't it? I've told you before that one of the scariest things in the Bible is that the Bible says, God knows my thoughts. And see, what scares me about that is I know my thoughts. <laughs> And I know my thoughts aren't always good. Neither are yours. Amen. Let me ask you this morning, are you trapped in sin? Are you ashamed of your sin? Let me ask you this, are your sins covered by the blood of Jesus? Why not let Jesus set you free from that bondage today? He is our only hope because we are all caught red-handed in sin.
God knows it all. We've all been caught. But the question is, have we experienced God's amazing grace? Have you heard those words? You are forgiven, now go and sin no more. My friend, you can today. By believing in God's only Son who came from the glories of heaven and lived the perfect life. So much so that this world hated Him to the point that they nailed Him to a cross. He bled and died for the sins of the world. And God raised Him from the dead to prove that He was indeed God's only Son and that He can forgive our sins. And because of that, we put our faith and our hope and our trust in Him. And so this morning, will you come and experience God's grace? And then go and sin no more. Repent means to change. Come and go. Come and meet Jesus and go in a different direction. Live your life in a different way under the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to sing our hymn of invitation, Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. And what an awesome celebration that is. That if you are in Christ, we can indeed sing about God's amazing grace because the chains of sin and the chains of this world are gone because we have the hope of eternal life. Amen. Do you know that freedom today? Do you know it in your heart? Do you celebrate? If you do, we can go out of this place and tell the world about my Jesus and about your Jesus. Father in heaven, God, we praise you today for you are our Lord and our Savior. And God, we praise you today for giving your Son for His perfect life, for His perfect death, for His perfect resurrection, Lord, so that we can have eternal life, so that we can live in the glories of heaven with You. God, we thank You for that today. Indeed, all of our sin will be revealed. And Lord, You call us today to turn from our sin, to let that sin go, that You won't hold us against us. God, that You will allow a new way, a new start, a a new way of life in Christ where we have the hope of eternal life with you. God, if our thoughts, if our attitudes, if our motivations, if our words, deeds, and actions, God, are hurtful towards other people, God, we seek forgiveness. We ask for a new spirit. We ask for a new heart a new way of speaking, a new way of talking, a new way of encouraging and encountering other people. Because God, we know the way we've been is not very Christ-like. And it's our desire to be more like you. And so Father, help us today in those changes. Help us today, God, to be more like you. We come to you, Lord, and praise your holy name for your amazing grace that set us all free. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.